0: Hello, lovers. Hi. Welcome to Feel the Love Friday, Virgin Edition. <laughs> this well, is Love and <laughs> A romance podcast. I'm Caitlin. I'm Kristen. Yeah. Welcome. I'm very excited about today's episode. Well, so yeah, so the the big thing of today's episode is going to be an interview that I actually didn't attend. So mm-hmm. I and I've only heard part of it. So I will be listening live with listeners at the same time, and I'm really excited about it. To yeah. Here. Yeah. And it's it's a dude. It's, it's a it's a man, it's a romance virgin man, yeah, so before we get there, you started a tradition, like the last Fivil of Friday, or the one before that's like Review Corner, and explained. I got some good ones today, okay, so Review Corner is basically the most ridiculous reviews of romance novels that we can find that week, and we share them with you because some people are really amusing when they review romance novels, and a lot of people don't understand what one star means and when they should use it, yeah. And I feel bad for authors, honestly, because a lot of these, it's like, I mean, you'll hear them. These are all one-star reviews. Well, I think, I think it's like, you know, how the internet, like many things was created for good and now it's shit and it's evil. Mm -hmm. Like, I feel bad for authors too, because I think like places like Amazon and also Goodreads, like I heard authors actually hate Goodreads, Hmm. which kind of sucks because I use it a lot to not only find the summary obviously but i i do listen to reviews and stuff like that and i read them on there but i've heard a lot of authors don't like it because some people are really cavalier with their ratings and it really impacts authors yeah i mean this i'll just give you the first one which is a i'd like already hate this person because they're obviously homophobic but also just they gave it a one star and they said i did not see this was a gay romance book not for me i'm like why do you okay if you don't want to read gay romance but don't give it a one, one star because you didn't read the summary. What is that? Yeah, is I don't bullshit. I don't get that. And that directly, it's... Yeah. So this is both like a, supposed to, a segment that is supposed to be funny, but also like frustrating. Yeah, also like, fuck you guys. Okay, so I have another one though. The, okay. <laughs> and I'm not going to say what books these are for because it just doesn't matter. But the title of this review is Do Not Purchase This Sexually Graphic Book. Sadly, I am sorry I purchased this book. I was shocked and horrified that I inadvertently listed... Listed to pure smut. Don't spend your money. As a Christian woman, I was upset that this book was so sexually graphic. I will not finish this piece of trash. <laughs> <laughs> this segment is also, like, mostly about pearl clusters, clearly. um, Again, I'm like, did, probably, did you read the summary? <laughs> did you read the summary? Or did you read any reviews? Because someone has got to mention that there's, like, a steam level. Yeah. And fuck you for just also what does being star? christian have to do with like they're being steam like at, a, at, a, at like a high level christians should still be able to have good sex you know what i mean this is getting into I another know. okay another, a whole other area okay i have one more and well, then you can share yours okay go okay similar similar vibes for this one but a different book too much bad language and explicit sex details that's the that's the title of this one I saw romantic comedy and read the reviews and got a sample. I was enjoying it, so I purchased. I could not believe that none of the previous reviews talked about the bad language and the description of their thoughts and s- thoughts and sex exclamation point. That was the only punctuation so far. This could have been a great book, had a great storyline, but I would not recommend it to anyone. I if I could give it a negative 5, I would. Yeah. There definitely was bad language. In the first couple chapters. I know what oh, book I am talking about. Yes, either. I read this book. It is very sexy. But the bad language doesn't suddenly happen halfway through the book. Uh, people stop being so mean to authors. If you want clean romance, which is just romance that means there's like closed door sex or not, yeah. or, or not on the page. First of all, if, if you don't want bad language, read YA. Number one. Yeah. Young adult. Yeah, yeah, young adult. And then also like look for books that are like explicitly closed door and then you'll be happy. Yeah. 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 Sarah Adams does actually really good clean romance. Hmm. Do okay. it. Go. Yeah. Okay. My review that I got. Rated one star. Oh, yeah. All of those were rated one yes. star. Yes. This title is would have given five stars. This, oh. person, this person had high hopes and they write. Hot and cold. I hate it when the Lord's name is used in vain and it was done so much in this book that I struggled to finish it. Love the story, but sadly will not buy a book from this author because of that. Because they just say God a lot during sex or whatever. Yeah, use the Lord's name <laughs> in vain. One star. What a given a five though. I feel like this person shouldn't read most romance, because that is a common thing. Yeah. What else are you supposed to call it during sex? I mean I guess we use <laughs> the person's name. <laughs> what if their name is like Jesus? Uh... Well, then it wouldn't be be different. (laughs) That would be different. Okay, let's move on to what we read this week. Well, really what you read this week. Yeah, so you read some books this week, but then we decided we're just going to do an episode i read i read so many books by jennifer hartman that we just decided we need to do a whole episode on her because i was i just got into a a jennifer hartman so i i also read like a bunch of jennifer hartman in a row and yes we are doing an episode but we also haven't recorded in like a month so the books i'm talking about i actually read like a few weeks ago yeah but pre-jennifer hartman binge yeah okay black swan affair by k.l creek is a male female contemporary this is a super angsty, super hot and steamy love triangle between the main female character Maverick, they call her Mav. Oh, I started this. Two brothers. I yes. started I couldn't finish it. I started this though. Why can't you finish it? Well, you could tell Okay, so actually I have read this book twice and I want to tell you why I didn't like it the first time and then I read it again the second time. So Maverick has been friends with these two brothers since she's grown up. They've grown all grown up together kale is her best friend he is like the best friend growing up they're like the same age always been there for each other killian is kale's older brother and he is the quintessential older brother that mav has always been in love with and has been like out of his reach and is kind of like forbidden because he's her best friend's brother and things like that the book starts out when maverick is actually getting married to kale her best friend And she is not very happy about it. And we come to learn that her and Killian actually did have a brief relationship, but Killian went away for business or something. And when he came back, he was married to Maverick's sister. Which is like huge betrayal. Her sister's also a bitch, Jillian. Total (laughs) bitch. And so Maverick is devastated. And so she is like emotionally deals with the fallout of this. Kale has actually been in love with her forever as her best friend and eventually asks her on a date and they start dating and eventually they get married. And so you get the sense that Maverick is kind of doing this, going along for the ride for this for a little bit. So it's it's really steamy and it, it is angsty though because Maverick is still struggling with her attraction to Killian. And you also definitely get the sense that Killian is still in love with Maverick, but now... Obviously, Kale is married to Maverick and and there's like family secrets and you, you, the, all, you do learn like why Killian ended up marrying her sister, but super steamy. It is dual perspective. The reason I didn't like this book the first time, and I don't know why, like where my head was at, but this book is dual perspective, but it's mostly from Maverick's point of view. Like there are chapters from Kale, but very few for some reason going into the book, even like pretty far into the book. I thought that, like, Killian was the the main male character. Even though there were some chapters from Kale, I was like, okay, she's married to Kale, but she's eventually going to get with, like, her long-loved, forbidden older... And I think you're not supposed to know which one she ends up with. Yeah, yeah. yeah. But obviously, like, in a romance novel, there's a female main character and a male main character, and she ends up with the male main character. Like, that's how romance books work. But even though there were chapters from Kale, I still thought Killian was the main character. And so I didn't I didn't pay attention really and appreciate the Maverick and Kale stuff happening. And I was really focused on the Maverick and Killian interactions. Well, because I think it's so much more compelling from the beginning. So the reason I didn't like this book when I first started it and I couldn't finish it is that the book starts with her marrying Kale while being in love with mm-hmm. Killian and doing it to say fuck you to Killian. And I was like, wow, you're a fucking terrible person and I can't read a whole book where you're narrating. And I just stopped. So I think... She comes to analyze more of her feelings along the way. And I think that is definitely part of why she married Kale. But, like, there's a lot more past perspective that comes in showing how they grew up together. And You know, Kale is the male main character. And so when I read it again the second time, I was like, I know he is. And so I really focused on their relationship. And it was angsty and it was non-traditional how they ended up together. Although I really liked that from like a romance novel perspective. Because I feel like I've read like every (laughs) situation under the sun. But I I actually really enjoyed it the second time I read it. Knowing that Kale is the one she's going to end up with. And it's just Mm -hmm. like, it's more of like an emotional journey. But it's super hot too and and it is a friends to lovers which is like one of my favorite tropes so i don't know maybe go back to it no no okay but i appreciate that you liked it i did and i'm I'm glad you gave it a second chance yeah i mean i love angsty romance you do it's your thing okay what's the other one you read which i just downloaded (laughs) after reading the the bullet points here well it wouldn't be an episode of love and if i didn't bring up a reverse harem that's true i feel like we should have a new segment. I don't know what we'd call it. We need to have a, a punchy name, but it's like Kristen's Reverse Harem cor- Corner. And <laughs> How you many can corners have, can we have? Well, you can have like a Caitlin's This Book Made Me Cry corner. So <laughs> we need book. better names for them. But Ugh. anyway, Faking with Benefits is a reverse harem contemporary romance. Three men. So it's an MMMF. And are they together too or no? No. Hmm. No. It's by Lily Gold. What was interesting about this reverse harem is it's a non-bully reverse harem and it's not with brothers. So, oh. Thank you. <laughs> I feel like we've talked about reverse harem before. Like I, I can bring it up as often as I can, but most of them are bully. And the ones that we've talked about that haven't been bully is because the men in the reverse harem are brothers. And so, it. so this is different and I, I liked it. This one is not, it, it's a little angsty at the end, but it's a little bit more fun. So Layla is the female heroine. She is terrible at dating like has been on like 200 dates and can never get to a second date. She's beautiful, she's interesting, but she's also very like clinical and precise. like she has her own business. she owns a lingerie company and she's like built it from nothing. And so she's very like well wait, I'm work sorry focused. she owns a lingerie company and she can't get a second date. Yeah. there's no hope for anybody. Yeah, I know. I know. So she she works all the time and she's very focused on like being successful at her business and so I think she also like has a very clear idea about like maybe what she wants from a man but she's not very good at like getting it across she sucks at flirting and everything so anyway she's friends with the guys who live across the hall Zach Josh and Luke they are come from different backgrounds Zach actually used to be a rugby star this book takes place in the UK and Luke actually used to be her high school teacher it's been like 10 years so how much older is he he's like i think he's like eight years older or something so i think she's like 27 and he's like okay that's 34 or 35 okay but he struggles with that even though like now they're just friends but anyway she's friends with these guys and they now have a pretty popular podcast hey um (laughs) our podcast is not popular but i appreciate that i mean i'm just like trying to like live vicariously through these fictional characters it's called like single guys or something and they basically just talk about being single and they interview people and they talk about sex like similar to how we do without maybe discussing novels and they're super popular especially because zach used to be this rugby star and so Mm -hmm. he like brought in Yeah, why aren't you famous you really help us out i'm sorry i try but they agree to help Layla with dating by doing a segment on the podcast over a couple weeks where they agree to fake date her and kind of teach her like how to to flirt and like find a man because she's she comes to them just to kind of vent and then they mutually all come up with this podcast idea. So do they just take a microphone to their
1: dates or no, something?
0: No, no. They kind of like – she joins them every week and she – joins us a segment and kind of recaps what we did but they kind of like give her some challenges and oh, homework okay. but they also like take her on dates and like teach her how to flirt and stuff like that and she ends up developing a relationship with them kind of it starts from like a sexual place actually because you know she talks about some other stuff that she hasn't done before and obviously there's a little bit of like well mm. oh, i can help you with that mm-hmm and she ends up having a relationship with all of them, and they have actually all had a shared girlfriend in the past. So this is not weird to them. But yeah, it's it's a lighter reverse harem. It is steamy, and there's no bullying, which is just... See, that sounds super fun. That's, it's super fun. Yeah, you should... You know, I mean, you already downloaded it. I also thought there was pretty good character development from Layla, because she struggles with... there. There's like a fame component to this, too, because the guys are really popular, and she's dating all three of them and like that is not accepted by like hmm. you know the public mm-hmm. as polyamorous relationships often aren't and so there's fallout from that and all of the guys I think struggle in a different way of you know how to deal with actually falling for her is it single point of view no mm, nice yeah cool I think we're, I don't know if I've ever read a reverse harem that is single point of view i think you need all of the perspectives because it helps you differentiate from the characters and and learn more about their backgrounds too yeah that's fair so yeah cool well i'm glad you read some non non non-thematic episode books this week real quick before we get to our main event a few things that came out earlier this month for you and no one else by ronnie lauren which is from the say everything series it's her third book it's a male female contemporary romance and it came out july 5th is this the same series as the other two we've read of hers? yeah yeah it's Ooh. the say everything series yeah so she wrote you and me yes what? and i love you yes and i love that was you the first one that was the first one what was the second one called I forget. You and me and something, yeah. Yeah, but the, the first book is is really good. They're both really good. Have you read the second one? Yeah, I have read the second one. I mean, like, the first one best, It centers... But... The characters in both of the first two books center on, like, a, a... Actually, a, a communal workspace mm-hmm. where they each have their own podcasts. Yeah. And they're, like, related characters. But in the first book, the heroine has Tourette Syndrome. Mm-hmm. And in the second book, I think the hero... He's missing a leg. He's missing a leg. And, and the heroine's has- got PTSD. PTSD. Yes. Yeah. yeah. So I imagine there will be. I haven't read the uh, the summary for this new book, but I imagine there will also be something where like, it's just a like a, a different take on a. Yeah. Hero Ronnie, on, that Ronnie, not. Oh, Ronnie, Ronnie Lauren. Ronnie Lauren's definitely a Ronnie. Ronnie Lauren. I think I'll say Ronnie. She's definitely an author that I will just read whatever yeah. she yeah. writes because she's so good. Yeah. yeah. And then Love Lessons by Serena Bowen, who. Serena Bowen, I just is another person that I usually we'll pick up whatever she writes because she's great she has ri- written a lot of male male romances we love mm-hmm. um and a lot of male female as and well and she wrote one of the books yeah bittersweet well bitter? no i that's it's in the same series though oh, okay yeah. okay yeah but this is the contemporary romance it came it came out july 12th and then next week oh, i so i just found out this was coming out but a book called reverse by kate stewart it's a male-female contemporary romance. Have you read any Kate Stewart? I read... Yes, I read the first book in the duet that we talked about previously. The Ravenhood series? Yes. Okay, so it's a Thetiot trilogy. Oh, really? Yeah. One of the angstiest series I've ever read in my life. <laughs> <laughs> and the second book will make you cry because there is a character death, which is, like, not typical for a romance. Anyway, she's great. She writes, like, high high emotional, high drama. And she also wrote this book called Drive, which is related to this book, um, different characters, but is equally like really emotional and angsty and it's about a musician. And so I don't know what this one is about, but I'm going to read it. Yeah, I love that. We're just like, we know all these and authors. Just, just so Do yeah, it. just get excited. Do so. it. Yeah. Okay. Well, I think that's it for the two of us. Let's shift over to our interview with Justin. Yeah. Can't wait. Here we go okay so i'm here with justin justin is our feel the love friday guest for this week he is also one of my oldest friends and he has graciously read a romance novel his first romance novel in order to be on the show so welcome justin can you tell us a little bit about yourself
1: sure thank you caitlin i'm i'm happy to be here (laughs) Uh, this is my first time on any podcast, so an exciting experience and a special one to be, to be on yours. And I'm excited to talk about this book. It was an interesting experience for sure. My name is Justin, as Caitlin said. I think this was a good book for me to read, being that I am a PhD student in economics and can relate well to the uh, main character, Olive, of uh, The Love Hypothesis.
0: Before we get into the questions what is your love life like today
1: that is a complicated question caitlin Uh, (laughs) (laughs) but um happy to answer it i uh my love life is currently romantically challenged uh (laughs) i excellent phrase to use thank you thank you to to find the term it means uh single and uh, ready to mingle uh (laughs) But but I'm taking a break, actually, at the moment. I've been on a little bit of a hiatus for the past couple of months, so I could focus on my research, school, and graduating, and trying to find a balance in my life. Just from talking to friends, it seems like a common experience that there's such a thing as dating fatigue, that if you're on the apps for a while, uh, you will eventually encounter. And I am resting at the moment yeah. trying to recuperate from from dating fatigue
0: yeah i think that's especially the case in big cities i've heard yes life is already exhausting and then you're overscheduling yourself with all these dates and a lot of them are not don't work out the way you want them to so but i bet you have a lot of stories
1: i have stories <laughs> i have some stories yeah maybe yeah. that you like don't you- want to share with the public <laughs> but uh
0: i've enjoyed them so
1: I'm glad someone is enjoying them. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I, I'll have to get back out there so you can get more stories. That's
0: exactly what you should do. Yes. You want know, me.
1: Yeah, of course. Yeah, yeah. Or for a future podcast, maybe.
0: I mean, we do have a real-life romance version of Feel the Love Friday, so we'll have you back in a few years for that.
1: Okay, yeah. a few years.
0: Well, you gotta, like, have, get your happy ending. Unless you want, like, a Romeo and Juliet five days fall in love situation without the death, hopefully.
1: Oh, you want, like, a happy ending story. Yeah, you know, I see. I see. Like we just had a death. (laughs) (laughs) I don't know. I prefer it to be You know what actually I tend to be drawn to those sad, poignant romantic stories. Hmm. Not that I want that for myself, but that's cathartic, I think, yeah, it would be cathartic, and um, mm. this would definitely be the place where I would share that if it <laughs> okay. happened to me.
0: Okay, I wasn't wishing <laughs> a sad, poignant one, it was more, not. of course, not. it was more the whirlwind romance, you know, a Pam and Tommy situation where you fall mm. in love in five days and get married. I would totally have you on to talk about that
1: and share it and you have a sex tape, I guess. I mean, hey, it's your life, okay, it's your life.
0: I don't think sex tapes are as uh controversial now as they were in the 1990s though because they're just more prevalent.
1: That's a good point.
0: Also, you're not like super famous? No offense. Not yet anyway. Not yet. Your research right. could make right. you. Super famous. Okay. Let's get back <laughs> Let's get back on target. Of course. Um, what did you read this
1: week? I read The Love Hypothesis by Allie Hazelwood.
0: And what do you normally read for pleasure? Or do you read for pleasure?
1: Well, I yeah, I do normally read for pleasure, but in the past 4 or 5 years, it's mostly been Economics news for pleasure, if that <laughs> counts. I don't know if that counts. Maybe, maybe I shouldn't have included that. But before before going too deep into the economics uh, news world, um, I, I used to read uh, spy fiction, like John Le Carre novels, anything Cold War esque, and then I would try to sprinkle in some nonfiction. You know, stuff about I don't know pop psychology or Malcolm Gladwell, anything that's might. Be useful in in party situations, stuff that I could bring up and talk about.
0: Listen, romance novels are super useful for party situations, <laughs> especially if you're a guy.
1: Really? Okay. <laughs> don't okay. you That's think? Good to know. I think so. I don't know. I mean, can a guy start a conversation with, "Hey, so I just read this romance novel about a why not? Really? That I happens. Mean, now you Has should I- try
0: it. I don't really go to parties anymore. I'm really boring, but. I mean, okay. yeah.
1: Yeah, at the next PhD happy hour. Yeah, you I'll bring see up. How this this book, is a book yeah.
0: about PhDs in love. This is perfect. Okay. This is actually a great book to bring up. Okay. okay. Let yeah, I'll let you goes. know. Yeah. We'll do. We'll do. Before this week, before you picked up Love Hypothesis, did you have any preconceived notions about romance novels and what they were like?
1: I did. You don't have they to look so great. guilty. <laughs> well, no, I, I just, I, you know, I, I'm on a romance novel podcast and... To be honest, I didn't have a very high opinion of romance, the genre of romance novels. I kind of thought they were for teenage girls, to be teenage honest. Girls. Yeah, teenage girls? Interesting. Yeah. Okay. Sorry. Um,
0: I, I'm not offended. Of, okay. Like, <laughs> this, right. is, this is a common, I don't know about the teenage part, but that is a very common conception of romance novels. So.
1: Okay. So like 99% for women and then like 60% most likely teenage girls.
0: Interesting. Okay. Okay,
1: and I also kind of thought that they would be unrelatable. I thought it was going to be unrelatable unre- why is that because I'm a dude <laughs> because like i you know i i i like i like competition and sports and action and movies and i don't know i i i i don't i don't get into like the mushy gushy uh you know pour your heart out and I love you. You love me. Love means never having to say you're sorry. I mean, come on. <laughs> okay. Does that does that really happen?
0: So you watch a lot of romance movies is what it sounds like.
1: I am a cinephile. <laughs> so I have seen <laughs> the romance uh, film. But But what I learned from your podcast, I don't know if these movies count as romance because they have often very sad endings. The couple doesn't stay together in the end.
0: Right. So that wouldn't be, at least for the book genre, that wouldn't be a romance, but it would be a movie with romance in it.
1: Right. Right. Right.
0: Because you have to have a happy ending. Or happy for now. Happy for now. Yeah. Can you give us a really brief overview of The Love Hypothesis for listeners who have not read it yet?
1: Sure. So The Love Hypothesis is about a PhD student in a biology department at Stanford. Her name is Olive And she enters into a fake dating relationship with a faculty member in her department whose name is Adam. This all kind of happens by accident. She's already thinking that she needs to convince her friend that she's no longer interested in another guy in the department who her friend likes. She wants her friend to date this guy, and she doesn't want her friend to have any reservations, so she wants to convince her friend that she's over him. So she just decides to kiss the first man that she sees in the building when her friend is looking. And it happens to be another professor in the biology department, Adam. And she's totally caught off guard by who the person is uh, and, and and a little bit, I guess, or a lot, you know, feeling very guilty uh, and regretful about <laughs> kissing the first random guy who walks, you know, past her. Uh, because Adam, Adam is... Known to be the biggest jerk professor in the department, he's Mm -hmm. mean to his students, making them cry after office hours. You know, failing their research proposals. Her friends, her friends hate him, and now she's stuck in this lie to make them believe that she is actually dating him. And what's interesting is he goes along with it. You know, at first you're thinking, oh well, he's this is a mean guy. He's never going to want to uh, go along with this. Bruce. Mm-hmm. And uh, it turns out, uh, which is actually you know a pretty common thing in academia, he's in need of research funds from the department, and they will only give him the funding if, he, if they think, if, if the committee believes that he's going to stay at the university, but because he's this hot-shot researcher, other universities want him, and they're afraid he's a flight risk. To convince them that he's not, he has to show that he has a girlfriend you know, in the area or even you know, in the department that will keep him from leaving leaving the university. So there's like a win-win situation here for both of them that they, that they then decide to enter this fake dating relationship. They have a cutoff, you know, until after the research funds are released. And, uh, of course, since this is a romance novel, we know there's going to be a happy ending. The fake dating turns into real dating. Mm-hmm. And it's, I think... Uh, a really funny and cringe-worthy process <laughs> to which they 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 get to that real dating experience. Yeah.
0: Yeah, that's a great summary. Thank you. Um sure. what were your initial reactions, like high level as you're reading this? Did it capture your attention?
1: Yes. Yes.
0: Right, like right from the beginning.
1: Yeah, it did because it was so relatable to my, you know, daily life as a PhD student. I mean, mm-hmm. I'm not in a biology department, but a lot of the a lot of the experiences that Olive goes through are, 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 are things that I've gone through in my PhD, not, you know, the, the sense of failure and being alone and working crazy hours and trying to meet expectations of faculty. I mean, it's it's a pretty universal experience. Mm-hmm. And uh, this being, you know, my first uh, romance novel, I think it was actually a really great way to introduce me to this genre because I felt like I could put myself in the situation of the main character, Olive. Yeah. And for the most part, I mean, I, I really enjoyed actually you know, seeing their romance, their fake romance and, and the real romance develop and, and the situations that they were forced to be in in order to, to maintain the image of, of, of being a partner, of being, uh, being partners. Yeah. So overall, I feel like this was a gateway romance novel. It wasn't too extreme. It wasn't too uh, tame either at times. But it, it leaves me interested and curious about, about the genre for sure. So,
0: so you think you'll read more?
1: Yeah, I think I will. I think I will actually. Um, so as I mentioned before, I've been taking a break from dating. Uh, and this book really opened my eyes to what it could be like to be in a relationship with someone who makes you happy, who you feel comfortable with. And you're excited to be around. And, you know, in fact, I was really, I think that, that those parts of the book spoke to me the most. Um, I don't know if it's because I'm a guy or because I'm, uh, uh, you know, verbally challenged at times, <laughs> <laughs> but, but it, it, it articulated things that I had trouble articulating, you know, in particular, you know, the, the, what it feels like to be around someone you like. You like it, you know, in a romantic way. Mm-hmm. Um,
0: Did you p- you picked out a couple quotes, right?
1: Yeah, I have a couple of quotes here. So there, there, there's one scene where Olive and Adam are in the department's lounge alone together at night, and Olive is is, is thinking that she should, uh, you know, just 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 take her uh, her snacks and, and, you know, after acknowledging Adam and go back because they haven't really started dating f- for real yet. They're still in the pretend phase of their mm-hmm. relationship. Mm-hmm. But she notices that for some reason she just feels comfortable to be around him and she's drawn to him. And uh, she says she doesn't know why, but there's that, that that sense of attraction. And then in another part, when she's about to give a presentation at, at a conference... And you know, Adam asks if she would like him to be in attendance. She says that the idea of having him there sitting in the audience made the prospect seem less, less like an, or, an ordeal. He was on her side over and over in ways that she could never have anticipated. He had made her feel unjudged, less alone. And to be honest, I mean, isn't that what we're all kind of looking for in life? To, to, to feel unjudged and to be less alone? Um, I don't know. I thought that was a, a, just a, a nice way to, uh, to 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 phrase what you could get out of being in a relationship.
0: Hmm. Yeah, I love that.
1: And it was also fascinating too that you know he there, there's one part in the book where she where, where Adam takes a trip uh, and um, you know, she's still on campus and it's in the middle of the semester. There are lots of people around, and even though the campus is still full of uh, students, she said it. The campus felt strangely empty with Adam gone, hmm. and I don't know. I mean, I've—I don't think I've ever been in love. I've never actually, and I've never actually felt that feeling that when someone is, when I'm away from someone, that the world is somehow less full without them yeah. around. So I don't know. I mean, as as I said, romantically challenged. <laughs> I think this is kind of like something to look for. You know, yeah. that maybe I'll know when I found the one when I feel like the way Olive has felt at times in this book. Yeah. So that was, those things really stood out to me. And I don't know if, I don't think it's a man or woman thing, but it certainly was interesting to see, at least from the woman's perspective.
0: Mm -hmm. I was going to ask about that, because you mentioned that it was interesting that it was her. So this book is all single point of view. It's all Olive's point of view. There is a bonus chapter uh, online for Adam, but what was it like to read the woman's point of view during when especially with regards to romantic situations and romantic feelings?
1: Are you if, talking about if, the sex if, 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 thing? If, no 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 <laughs> not we'll get to that. Okay. <laughs> um
0: just the just getting inside a woman's mind when it comes to like love and dating and relationships and what she's thinking about when they're interacting. Was that enlight like enlightening in any way, insightful?
1: Yeah. Although, you know, at first I thought that This was showing me—I mean, obviously, it's a woman's viewpoint. At first, I thought this was particular to a woman's view, Hmm. that this is the way that I should make someone feel who I'm attracted to. Like, I want them to feel—and obviously, of course, I want them to feel comfortable. I want them to feel unjudged and less alone— really i'm not sure this is such like a you know a gender based these are these aren't these aren't gender based feelings you know yeah. at this point and and, and, and and i'm just having this this realization now that these things apply to myself as well yeah you know <laughs> looking thinking back you know about my Of course you know i don't know if you can ever read a romance novel and not you know reflect on your own dating experiences and think oh you know maybe i should have done that differently or said so you know uh, so so in that respect like I could see how maybe I wasn't Adam to mm. my previous dates or partner.
0: Interesting. In terms of like you maybe could have said something more supportive or you could have reacted a different way or something like that. Yeah,
1: yeah. Or or, or just that like realizing they weren't, you know, that comfortable around me or I wasn't that comfortable around them, um, it maybe could have shortened the dating experience with that person you know i would have known sooner that it wasn't going to work out
0: as opposed to just asking me and me telling you that it's not going to work out
1: yes yes (laughs) you you, yeah you you would have known um so far actually all of your advice by the way anyone who's looking for dating advice um i can attest to caitlin's uh attuned skillful uh and um an perspective
0: oh such a rousing endorsement for me thank you when i start my own dating consulting firm i'll get your your review
1: of course um
0: bringing it back to the book a little bit sure and just the tropes and then i want to get into some of your other reactions Mm -hmm. that you talked to me about but the fake dating trope is a super common trope in romance novels Mm. did you did you have any thoughts on it did you find it believable did you like it as an as a as a way to bring you know the main characters together
1: so I didn't know that it was a common trope oh, at yeah. all. Yeah, that's interesting. I, I liked it. I mean, you know, I, I, I guess it depends on your type of sense of humor, but I, I love the irony of it. And um, I guess it's a little bit, you know, cliche that that in this book in particular, the characters are really opposites. You know, Adam is this serious, brooding. You know, he's described as a, you know, as having this, as having a brooding demeanor. And, and 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 a jerk to everyone in the department. And Olive is kind of like the opposite. You know, she's this fun-loving, you know, happy-go-lucky, you know, type of character. Mm-hmm. And um, I guess that part, you know, seemed cliche and a little bit unrealistic. I, I wasn't sure. To be honest, I didn't buy that, that that this fake dating relationship would turn into a real dating relationship mm-hmm. because of the different lifestyles that Adam and Olive lead. But that's not to say I don't like the trope and the comedy that comes that comes with it. I think it's a lot like uh I don't know if if you're familiar with the the Nora Ephron type you know romantic comedy movies like when Harry met sally mm-hmm. or uh or uh, sleepless in seattle this this felt like that kind of comedy,
0: yeah was the book different than how you assumed romance novels would be? Did it change your viewpoint on the genre, or do you still think it's for teenage girls? <laughs> <laughs>
1: Maybe I'm a teenage girl at heart. I don't know. I don't know. I, I uh, Okay, so maybe PhD girls. <laughs> no, so I, I, it has changed my view. I think there's definitely a lot more that romance novels, I'm sure some romance novels are like the way that I had anticipated this one would be. But obviously, they're not all like that. Um, and this one, you know, it helps if you, can, if you're familiar with certain statistics, statistical properties that you know, the terminology and the jargon of science. I mean, you know, this is definitely geared, I think, towards a more uh, scientifically literate audi- audience. Uh, not that you have to, you know, be a um, PhD student uh, to understand this. I mean, I'm not a biology student, and I still appreciated a lot of. What was going on in the, in the novel. But it also left me with some takeaways that I didn't expect. I think that, that that that's something, you know, like seeing how what it could feel like to be in a relationship and even to get some very saucy ideas and lines. Uh, <laughs> I don't know. So there's one one quote, I don't know if anyone reads books on Kindle these days. I'm like, I can be a little outdated, but I think a lot of people read books. There's still on Kindle. Kindle is still a thing. I think it's still it's still it's in. Yeah. Okay. Okay. So you know how on Kindle they show you what other people have highlighted. Yeah. So I disagreed with almost all the highlights <laughs> that were in, in in the Kindle version that I was reading, but there's one part that I highlighted, and I'm surprised no one else did, and it's at the. I don't know if I should. Yeah. Before. Okay. Okay. So it's, I'm not spoiling anything by saying that they get together in the end. Right? No, I
0: think we're all aware that.
1: that okay. Okay. So. Olive and Adam are walking back from a dinner at a Chinese restaurant and they have these fortune cookies and they're sharing each other's fortunes. Uh, And of course, you know, everyone's fortune is kind of mundane and uh, cliche. And then Adam gets his his cookie. He he doesn't read, but Olive reads it. And it says, in quote, you can fall in love, someone will catch you. And I I don't know, end quote. <laughs> For me, that, that that spoke to me, because as someone who, uh, you know, hasn't been in love and is a little bit afraid of what could transpire when you, you know, really make yourself vulnerable and don't know where things are going to head, yeah. this was a, just a very reassuring, you know, idea. Uh, and I, it's a little bit unclear why Adam actually has been, so in the book, you know, he's he's single. And I'll have, questions like why is he single why isn't he dating and it's not really explored much this this part maybe makes it makes me question and wonder whether maybe we have this fear of falling in love in in common Hmm.
0: Hmm, that's interesting let's talk about adam a little bit because you shared something interesting with me when we were first talking about this Mm -hmm. which is that You had a little, a little bit of jealousy towards him when, as you were reading the book. I think we were only about seventy percent through the (laughs) book when we talked about this. But do you want to speak on that?
1: Sure, sure. So, I guess I can relate to what it's like to be a woman watching a James Bond movie. Now, (laughs) you know, because in a lot of media, I think you know that are focused at least sold to a male audience. You know, you have this perfectly fit woman who's smart and witty and uh, and beautiful and you know attracts the you know all the men or whatever and I mean Adam is kind of you know this tall handsome figure who's you know got him you know he's won all these awards in academia and gets all this funding and publishes in the top places and universities want him and women want to be with him and I mean, it's like, oh my gosh, you know, what, what am I doing wrong? You know, why am I not taller? Um, so that's,
0: that's not changeable, but you know, hmm,
1: I've heard, I've, I've heard that there are stretching machines. Do they not work?
0: I don't, I'm not going to comment on that. I don't know.
1: Okay. Well, show me show me the literature, you know, the paper, research papers. Okay. Uh,
0: how about I just show you some romance novels with uh, some short kings, and that'll make you feel
1: better. <laughs> <laughs> that would definitely make me feel better. Yeah. But so so basically, like, long story short, I was a little bit jealous of how tall and good looking and fit. Oh, my God. Like, this guy, like, pushes uh, a, a truck that gets stalled, and, you know, he's lifting people over his head. And
0: Is that realistic of professors?
1: You know what? It's not unrealistic of some professors.
0: Interesting, Academia is hot, apparently. Who knew?
1: Econ, I think. <laughs> I think econ is a hot profession, you know, okay. a hot field. Okay, uh, okay. okay. No bias at all. No bias. No, no, no. Um, most of the men there are, uh, you know, we, 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 we lift heavy weights. Do you? Well, the books are big. The books <laughs> okay. are quite hefty. Okay. And we need lots of computing power. So, True. you know, all the servers... Okay. Yeah.
0: Ladies, take note, <laughs> and gentlemen, take note.
1: We're here. Yeah. We're available. Yeah.
0: <laughs>
1: <laughs> you know, I recognize I, that's not like a that's not a, 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 a anything to take a like a, a negative on this book. I don't I don't mean that in like a negative way. Yeah. This book, I think the audience is mostly women, probably or maybe.
0: Probably, yeah.
1: Yeah. So, I don't mind that the guy is like this perfect figure. Or maybe someone who the majority of women would be attracted to. it's just I'm not used to feeling that like sense of inadequacy, I guess. maybe it's mm-hmm. that's a statement on our culture, you know, where we normally we objectify women and men aren't as often objectified.
0: yeah, I do think that's interesting because there's a push in romance literature to be way more inclusive of different types of women. There mm-hmm. are a lot of. And disabilities, and um, but especially body image. Like mm-hmm. there are a lot more romance novels now with women who are not a size zero, which I personally appreciate. But you, you're right that you don't see a lot of romance novels where there are shorter men or larger men, or you know, or men who aren't. It seems like everybody has a six-pack. Even, I was just telling my sister in our sports episode, like, I like the sports romance because it makes sense at least that they're fit. Whereas if it's like a lawyer, I'm like, you aren't, you don't have a six-pack, dude. You're billing 22 hours a year. Like, you're not at the gym that much. Right. (laughs) Yeah, I don't think it's, that that movement has not reached heroes yet in romance novels.
1: That's a good point. And I think that that brings up another point that, I thought of when reading this book, and one thing that I, one thing that I noticed being a man reading it, is that there's very little description of Olive's physical features.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, I think that's partially because it's her point of view. And in dual point of view, you definitely will get okay. the man describing the woman. But you did have one, you do know one thing about her.
1: I know one <laughs> thing. And I actually don't think this was a good thing to, I mean, if you want to be inclusive, I'm not sure this was the right detail. Detail, exactly. So I don't know what olive's skin color is i don't I don't know what her hair is like. I don't know what her uh how tall she is except that she's shorter than Adam. but I know that her breasts can fit in Adam's <laughs> mouth so that there there are two possibilities right that Adam has a gigantic mouth <laughs> which is interesting <laughs> or or olive has um you know reasonably sized small on the smaller side uh breasts which a lot of people, a lot of women have, it's mm-hmm. fine, you know, but maybe I thought she was bustier than that until that scene. Mm. So you uh, had an image
0: in your head, even though she had <laughs> her. But Maybe that's the point though. Maybe, maybe the author wanted Olive to be nondescript so that any, any woman reading it could connect with her because they would just picture whoever they wanted to picture.
1: Well, I think that makes a lot of sense until this scene where it's like, okay, Olive has to have reasonable to smaller size breasts. <laughs> and uh, I mean, I, that, like, it's kind of, I mean, it's a, it's a sexy description of their encounter, but, you know, maybe it could have been written as, you know, it felt as if mm-hmm. her breast fit in his entire mouth, or her entire breast fit in his mouth. It's you know, something, like, a little bit more subjective and less, like, she has small tits. <laughs> yeah. You know, and that-
0: For that being the only thing that we know about her.
1: That and that, yeah, her legs apparently turn on some other professors. hmm Okay. It's interesting. I guess her her body only comes up in the sex scene, I think, with Adam, and when she's being hit on by another Mm -hmm. male professor. Hmm. Hit on may not even be the right word for that scene, but it's- So it's uh, only in
0: the context of the male perspective about her body. Yes. That's a really interesting point. Yes. I didn't even think about that when I was reading it. On that note about appearance and descriptions, I think there were a few things that- maybe didn't work for you. With this book in particular and just with maybe romance in general, do you want to talk about some of those things?
1: Sure. So I didn't know what to expect when I started reading this book. I didn't know what to be looking for. I tried to, you know, I was trying to be a very focused, present reader. I really wanted to absorb as much as I could. The first thing that stood out to me is the use of ass a lot. <laughs>
0: In what context?
1: Okay, the word "ass" comes up in terms of he's an asshole, he's a jerk, he's the biggest ass in the department. Not that he has the biggest ass, but he, he's he's a, he's an asshole. Yeah, in like, that, in like a negative way. But it comes up a lot that I started, you know, my mind started wandering, and I'm <laughs> I'm I'm a guy, so it's like, hmm, is this foreshadowing of some butt stuff <laughs> later on? I was getting excited. I mean, I was like, cool, you know, but 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 you know. I won't spoil anything, but I was a little bit overestimating, over, you know, I like you overpromised
0: a little bit in the beginning. There's a little bit
1: of that. Yeah. I don't, and I don't know if it's part of the genre to maybe use language that's suggestive. I, I don't know. You know, maybe they were a little bit more loose with their, uh...
0: That's funny. I don't even think of that word as suggestive anymore. <laughs> it's just like, it's just a word to me. I don't, I don't hear that when I read that word.
1: Okay, so this is this could just be a this could just be a reflection on on, on my you know puritanical upbringing, uh, uh,
0: yes. or or the fact that you're trying to like read in as much as possible to what's yeah, because yeah. you don't have any frame of reference for romance novels yet.
1: Right, right. Yeah.
0: What else did you find?
1: To be honest, I was a little bit disappointed in the the pretty cliche physical attributes of Adam and Olive's uh, sexual reproductive organs.
0: That's a very PhD way of describing that. (laughs) So he had a big dick? (laughs) Yes. Okay. (laughs)
1: And she had a tight pussy. Okay, yeah. And yeah, I get that that's really hot to a lot of people. Mm. But I mean, could that have been left up to imagination? I mean, I don't know. I I, I just feel like there's a little bit of mainstream, even a little bit of like body shaming, unintentional body shaming, in the, or even just, maybe not body shaming, but shaming. You know, that like, a hot sex scene is when it's, when the guy's dick is big and the woman's pussy is tight and it even, it's it's got to hurt her a little bit and you have to wonder whether it's going to fit. I mean, all this stuff, it's like, I mean, I've watched porn <laughs> this is like straight out of some of those porn videos. Yeah. And I didn't really, I wasn't really pleased to see that in something that I thought would be um, a little bit more uh, attuned to uh, a more inclusive genre mm-hmm. more inclusive audience. I should say. Also there's one part in the sex scene where Olive admits she's not as experienced not that she hasn't had. I think she has had sex before, but she's just not experienced. And at one point, Adam pulls back and you know expresses his. Um, you know, I guess he's trying to act, you know, all respectful all of a sudden. You know, oh, I don't want to, you know, have sex with you if 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 you're not if you don't know what you're. I, I don't even know. I'm not even sure where it was really coming from. It's not totally explained and or or or. Uh, um, expanded upon, but 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 he suddenly pulls back as if he, it's ennoble of him to continue with her because she's this pure, mm. inexperienced girl. I I don't know if that's the right interpretation, but that's the way I kind of took it. And and I also th- and you know I thought that that was kind of mean to people who haven't had as much experience. But you also Why had should- a
0: note about consent in there, like that you thought there was. That they did have consent conversations. That's do you true. think that's okay. is that on the same vein or do you feel like that him pulling back was a different
1: I think it was different. Interesting. Yeah, so I, I I should say what I one of the things I liked a lot about this the sex scene in the book is how much he asks her, is it okay? Are, is this may I continue? Things that are um, I mean I think everyone, you know, whether you're a man or a woman, mm-hmm. should be asking. And that I thought was like I was impressed by. I really, I have to. I really liked that. Yeah. Um, and to normalize that and make it sexy and make it, you know, something that can be a part of a, a um, you know, a, a spur of the moment. It doesn't have to take away from the, 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 the mood. So that all seemed great. Maybe, 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 yeah. That was partly included because she was less experienced than he was. I don't. And I, that's another thing. I don't know how experienced he was. And maybe. He actually wasn't as experienced as we're made to believe but 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 because he's the guy, we assume that he's more experienced than she is. Hmm. That's also another kind of like role type that I think is often overused, that the guy is more experienced. Mm-hmm. Of course, there are stories about male virgins.
0: yeah, well, last week's episode, which uh, will, will, will have been published last week when this comes out. yeah, yeah, that's really interesting. Anything else that you wanted to bring up
1: so as someone who who would want a, a future partner of his to have a good time in a sexual encounter, um, I thought this book was quite educational actually. Okay. it's um, you know this was a bit more explicit than the sex scenes that I've read about, yeah, but I thought it did an interesting job and a, a very informative job uh, of explaining how how Adam pleases Olive. Of course, everyone is different and has different things that they like uh, in bed. But this was one depiction of a way to please a woman, potentially, uh, if, if that's what... A couple once yeah. to happen.
0: I can recommend you lots of books if you want more education. Yeah,
1: please, actually, yeah, I'm yeah. I am all ears yeah. and eyes, but mostly I guess you hear that, ladies. <laughs> <and this one. laughs> I was surprised, I guess, you know that maybe maybe I shouldn't have been, because you know, that I, assuming that this, this book is written mostly for women, that it would it would depict an, an experience that most women would find enjoyable. And, and maybe that's a way to get guys to read romance, you know, actually in the future. Is On- it?
0: Honestly, I think it's a great idea. <laughs> I truly do. I mean, I was reading something I read it the other day. This woman said that she she and her husband were having sort of a dry spell. They'd had kids. They hadn't had sex in a while. And she asked him to read, like, her three favorite romance novels. Hmm. And it totally restarted their sex life and, like, wow. totally changed everything. And wow. I, I really do think that if men were reading more romance novels, assuming they were recommended to them by their partner or, you know, you could read whatever you want if you're single, but if you have a partner, it could be really helpful to find out what they like and what they're interested in just by reading the romance novels that they find enjoyable.
1: Yeah. I think that that, that, that's a point that goes both ways. Mm. You know, I, maybe maybe that's why I'm still single. I'm looking for someone who, who who will read or or watch the things that I'm interested in and learn to speak with me on that kind of level. Mm. I don't know.
0: Are you talking about porn or are you talking about economics?
1: Can it be both? <laughs> okay, yeah. I don't know. <laughs> no, no, I, I, I guess my, 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 my point is just that I think in a relationship, I think it's hard to communicate the way each person experiences and interprets the world, the way they see things. Mm-hmm. And sometimes what's unartic- inarticulated and what's hard to express can be better felt through media, through either music, or a book, or a movie, mm-hmm. and that can actually get you closer to to your partner. Yeah, I um, totally agree. Yeah, so so whether it's sharing your favorite book, or sharing your favorite movie, I mean, even if it's not your favorite, even if you just think that this is an edu- something educational that speaks to something that you want, or are looking for, it gets across a feeling, and and, and I, you know, when, when you feel something, you don't you don't forget that feeling as easily as like information you know like i might forget the name of a part of the female anatomy i'm sorry you know i'm not a <laughs> biologist or an, an anatomist anatomist I don't know. Is, that a, is that a thing i don't know <laughs> but if i understand at like a visceral level what it is that you're looking for mm-hmm. maybe maybe that will sink in and stay in better
0: yeah. yeah that's a really good point so it sounds like you are probably going to read more romance novels
1: you know, um, I think I will add it to my uh, my list of genres that I like to cycle through. Okay. Uh, you know, Take so it. I'll, yeah, I'll have spy novels <laughs> first and foremost. Well, there
0: are romantic suspense that are mm. romance novels with spies and mystery and you know intrigue.
1: Okay, maybe that's a topic of a future uh, future podcast of yours.
0: Probably. Yeah. Okay. Not, okay. Not this year. Not this season. But
1: okay, at some point. Yeah. But yeah, I mean, combining the two, that would be hot. That would be really, I mean, like, John le Carré. So so my favorite John le Carré book is The Spy Who Came In From the Cold. And there is a love, you know, romantic relationship in that story. Mm -hmm. And it's very much written from a guy's perspective. I mean, Mm -hmm. it's like very cut and dry. Man meets woman. They have sex. They're in love. They have more sex. Nice. It's hot. (laughs) It's like, whew. For a guy, this is your dream. As but hot as this book? No. Okay. <laughs> no. No. My point is that if that were ramped up a bit, you might get you know a, a, a bigger audience and it would check off two, two, two of the boxes okay, on my list. I'm, I'm going to so.
0: find some romantic suspense for you. Let's we'll okay. see how it goes.
1: That sounds good.
0: Yeah. Okay, so you had a couple quotes that you pulled out. Do you want to share any of those? I know you had one about type 1 and type 2 errors. Oh,
1: yeah. So I think this goes back to... One of the things that surprised me about this book and the genre, you know, thinking that it was just for teenage girls to, you know, escape with and, you know, not, not that there wouldn't be something that much that deep or that something I could take away and like bring to my life. But this was actually an interesting point at the end of the novel that I think relates beyond just romance it's a little bit nerdy. Uh, it's about the concept of type one and type two error, uh, in statistics to, uh, to those who know, I'm about to, um, explain. So, uh, so no worries if this wasn't covered in, uh, in your classes. So I should say type one error is a false positive where you think something exists and it doesn't. In statistics, Generally, this is the type of mistake or error that we want to minimize. So we set a threshold. You know, we, we don't want the type 1 error to be above 5% in, in any given you know, experiment. So the, the, the narrator is quoting Olive's thought process here. She says, What terrified me was the idea that I could misread a situation, that I could convince myself of something that wasn't true, But the thing is, type 2 error is bad, too. In this context, it's as if Olive thought that Adam was in love with her, and she went with it, but was turned down and heartbroken because he wasn't. But what Olive learns, and I think what we can all take away from this book and uh, and, and apply in, our, in various contexts in our lives is that the type two error of a false negative can be just as hurtful and just as bad. And that's what Olive learns. You know, when she you know, as the fake dating transforms, she falls for Adam, but she's afraid to let him know about her true her true feelings because she's trying to limit the type one error of uh, of expressing her true her true emotions and getting hurt. But when but she realizes that hiding those emotions and being wrong about her 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 prediction of how he's feeling is just as hurtful in the end. Mm. Type two error is bad too, and I think that's something that I want to remember as I take chances, as I get back into the dating world and mm. uh, try to uh, find my place.
0: So be more vulnerable. Be more, more vulnerable.
1: Open. Not always assume that something isn't there when it could be. Mm. The risk of not of inaction can be just as bad as the risk of action, or, or worse. Yeah, yeah.
0: And I feel like it's often inaction that is our problem, that we're afraid that our feelings aren't going to be reciprocated, so we don't do something.
1: In 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 a dating experience. Dating, yeah. Dating yeah, yeah. Although I'm interested, so I think you know what might if, if you wouldn't mind recommending at some point uh, a a book where friends be friends to lovers friends to lovers oh, would be interesting common, because yeah. because that's a that's a trope i guess where you don't want to ruin the friendship by potentially taking the risk of expressing your true feelings
0: sure that's true i'll, so I think I'll recommend that, you some books yeah yeah please do i like that trope a lot yeah yeah okay. well that's always that's been my like best relationships have always come out of friendships interesting so, yeah josh and i were friends first for a limited time <laughs>
1: Okay, okay. Let me let me look through my Rolodex of single friends. <laughs> uh. Okay, be
0: careful who you send this episode out to, I guess. <laughs> I'm um, just kidding. Yeah. Okay, well, thank you so much for being on the podcast. This was very enlightening, and I hope we have more non-female friends join us and tell their perspectives, because I think it was really interesting to get your point of view as a male reader of romance. Do you have any final thoughts you want to leave us with?
1: No, th- thanks so much for having me. Uh, it was a... It was a pleasure to read the book, a pleasure to be here. Uh, I appreciate your thoughtful, insightful questions and your
0: oh, you're too nice. patience with me <laughs> in getting
1: through this because I like to stop and go a lot you know, when, when reading books and to get bounce ideas, and you've, you've been great for that. Yeah, um, well, I
0: love hearing your thoughts. So this has been Love and a Romance Podcast. This is Feel the Love Friday. I'm Caitlin. We will see you next week for another thematic episode, and go love yourselves. Oh, see.
1: I'm mm-hmm. mm-hmm.